Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Welcome back in to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. I'm Scott Fawn, filling in this morning along with Stephanie Bell. Good morning. Producer Hannah. Hello. The legendary John Morris in the Jeff City Studios. M-I-Z. I think we have the guy that knows what to say next. <laughs> representative Curtis Gregory, former Mizzou player, current state representative, running for state senate. Uh, representative, how do you answer uh, John's call? Uh, with a big, loud Z-O-U. <laughs> it's a fun time in Columbia. Not Look, it's, it's, it's no matter what. When the football team's winning, it's more fun. But before we get into football... Have you ever seen Mizzou at a better footing in the legislature? Just you see these other campuses blowing up with with protests and problems. You don't see that here. Uh, you see them academically doing well. The basketball team, football team. I don't think in my professional lifetime I've ever seen Mizzou as successful as it is right now under Dr. Choi. Oh, it, it definitely is very successful right now. But I mean, I would argue, you know, back when men were men and we played in the Big Twelve Conference <laughs> in two thousand seven that. In 2008, that we had some pretty good football teams and basketball teams. And did you know a guy you know, on that team, were, or am I talking I to a, a guy people. on that team? I think <laughs> I knew I knew I knew a few people from back then, but that's you know 15 years ago now. So, uh, all right, tell me, uh, big game against Tennessee. Tennessee's coming in favored by a point as of now. Uh, my buddy Ray Bozar studies this. He says the run defense of Mizzou is going to win that game for us. What's going to be the difference Saturday? Oh, I think the, the the crowd and the home field advantage. Um, I, I, I'm shocked to hear that Tennessee's got us uh, by a point. Um, but, you know, that's why we go out there and play the games. Our defense has played at a really high level this year. Um, but I think we can arguably say we've got one of the best receivers in the nation in Luther Burden. Um, our quarterback is just playing some really solid football now after getting his shoulder fixed from last year. He's playing with a lot of confidence. And I think this team should be coming into the game saying, you know, we took the number one team in the country down to the wire. And, you know, if the ball bounces our way on a couple different possessions, they win that game. And, you know, looking at a top 10, top eight ranking. Sam Graves, he uh, he picked he picked Mizzou to win, not just he, he picked them all in. Uh, it feels like his take was Mizzou's ascending at the right time in our schedule and Tennessee's struggling. It feels like we're catching them right and they're catching us wrong. I, I would agree with that. You know, uh, you want to play your best football coming down the stretch. And, you know, I can still think we're safe to say that Missouri still hasn't put that complete perfect game together yet. And when that happens, it's going to be really, really dangerous and a whole lot of fun to watch. Um, Representative, I really appreciate you joining us. And Scott, uh, by the way, doing a really excellent job uh, co-hosting with uh, with Stephanie today. Fine job. Representative, you talk about Tennessee, and in, in, I know everybody talks about Milton and Squirrel White, and they're really, really good. There's no doubt about it. But they do have the volunteers have the top-ranked rushing defense in the SEC. They're giving up just 97 yards a game. That's incredible. Of course, Cody Schrader hasn't played them yet, so that, that'll be a really interesting matchup. I want to kind of look at this from a big-picture perspective perspective 
And you and Scott talked about the X's and O's, and that's important. Obviously, this game is huge. But in terms of exposure, I talked to you at the NIL uh, bill signing ceremony. You were with the governor and, and Dr. Choi. This game's going to be on CBS on Saturday. I actually talked to Brad Nessler on the phone yesterday, the play-by-play man at CBS. Their bus is coming in today. It's a huge bus. Uh, you're talking about huge exposure that they could not purchase if they wanted to. What does that mean for Mizzou? What does it mean for Mizzou football, and particularly for the city of Columbia to have this crew coming in? This is a big crew, as you know. Gary Danielson's doing the color commentary. Uh, you know that that two thirty time slot on CBS is a coveted time slot. You know that's the sacred national CBS. You know, look. You know, back when I played, you know, we wanted to be that. You know, six o'clock, eight o'clock kick on ESPN or ABC. But when you're in the SEC conference. The 2:30 CBS is where it's at, yep. and um, I think look no further than let's see what I will bet you that the University of Missouri Columbia's enrollment numbers increase next year, and you can look no further than the success of our football program. And I'm assuming that you know Coach Dennis Gates and the basketball boys are going to get it done. That national exposure, people all across the country, the 48 contiguous states are going to look and go. Man, the University of Missouri, Columbia has got it going on. They've got a great athletics program. They got a great school, and I want to go there. And you know, look back to two thousand five, six, seven, eight, um, when we had those great football teams. Then enrollment went up, 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 hmm. and um, it just pays dividends for the university as a whole. Curtis, I know uh, Brian brought up the NIL law, and you were there when the governor signed it into. Uh signed it into law referencing high school athletes not just college folks being able to capitalize on their name image and likeness what's your take on it is it working out the way you hoped and the second part of the question are you as sick of that song tennessee oranges as, <laughs> as the rest of us <laughs> you know the, the fun, man there's just there's so much history in the sec um when you look at some of the schools and and the rivalries that have existed for a long time unfortunately you know, we had that in the big 12 but you know we're in the premier conference as far as athletics go now we're the only conference where our geographical name still fits <laughs> the sec when you look at it we're still the southeast part of the united states um going to jump into nil i think it's definitely working um you know you've got comp- a lot of competitive college football teams now it's not just generally the top two or three teams um you know year in year out and you know it's the equalizer it's adding a little bit of parity to the game and you know when i played it was something that i looked you know you didn't think about it till you got older and it's hey you need to come do photos and video to help see- sell season tickets you need to go do this so we can make an ad for the children's hospital which was great and i love doing that but then when you sit back and it's like well wait a second they're selling number 10 jerseys in the team store for a hundred dollars but it doesn't say Daniel on the back for Chase Daniel or Macklin for Jamie Mackin or Weatherspoon for Sean Weatherspoon. But yet Nike and the university and the NCAA is all making money because Chase Daniel was a great player and they sold 100,000 jerseys and he sees none of that. You know, uh, I don't think we selling. have Luther Burden wouldn't be here still if not for your law, no. right? Somebody else would he would have right. transferred. He'd be making the money he's making on the chips and the jerseys now. I mean, I think it's just a fact. Every time he catches a pass, if it wasn't for your law, your bill you carried and got passed, that doesn't happen. 
we'll, we'll look at the pizzas getting sold that I, is, I think it's, is, I don't want to get it wrong. There's a grocery store where they're selling pizzas and, and it changes out like every month. And I think now they're on a pepperoni pizza that's got three or four different players faces on it. I just think that is so fantastic. I look and think what, what the offensive line would have been, you know, what our deals could have been when I played and, you know, coach Cadillac, the late great um, coach and announcer, uh, called this the beef council or something like that. The offensive <laughs> line, because we we're a bunch of we were a bunch of small school. We were three A Missouri high school and smaller offensive line in two thousand seven and two thousand eight. So it's like, man, we could have we could have definitely maybe partnered up with you know uh, Missouri cattlemen's or the pork producers or something along those lines um, as a great rural hey tie to small town Missouri and what we mean to the university. Now, you are set to go to caucus today. So the Senate had their caucus, I think, last week. House is caucusing today. What is your feelings going in? Are you optimistic? Um, money this time. Are you going to just, you know, compl- I, I, I hear a lot of, and I don't want to say complaining, but from the House saying, you know, well, we did our best, but it was the Senate. You know, is there going to be some strategy in how to work with the Senate or get your priorities through the Senate this year? Uh, you know, there's always strategy. Um, there, there's always plans. Um, you know, Coach Pink would always say, you know, you can have the best laid out plan until you get hit in the mouth, and then you got to try and figure out where to where to pivot and how to how to adjust and make you know in game adjustments. And you know, every year is different. Um, I remember my very first year down there when we were trying to get a few tough things done, and, and everyone's like, "Oh, we're not going to get anything done this year." And you go talk to you know seasoned veterans and people that have been in the building and around Missouri politics for a long time, and they said. Every single year, people say we're not going to get anything done. But every single year, we figure out what log is holding up the the jam of logs moving down the river. We get that issue figured out, and then things start flowing when we get things done. So I just always go into every year being optimistic. Hey, we're going to be able to get some priorities done. We're going to do some good things for the people of the state of Missouri. And uh, I I look to be that same way this year. I think we're going to get some good things done. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but I think we're still going to get some great things done. It's almost like maybe some common sense rural Missouri farmers should run for the Senate. Well, you know, that's what we're trying to do. And, um, you know, I go out there every year, regardless of the forecast, and I go plant my corn and soybeans. And I do the best job I can to take care of them and and get them through the year. And, um it's the same way in session. You start every single year. You follow your good priorities, and um, you usher them through. You build your relationships, and you know, do the work for the people of the state of Missouri. And we're going to do the same thing this year and see what rises to the top. Most of these caucuses are boring and probably close to a waste of time. Uh, lots of folks talking this time about the Speaker of the House. Um, tell me, give me your just ten second view. You're driving to caucus today at eleven. When you go in, what's gonna what's gonna come of all the 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 hubbub and the liberal media? I, I have no idea where that's gonna go. Um, we've got a House Ethics Committee that handles matters like this. Um, let's see what they find out and, and go from there. That's interesting. I I, I think they don't seem to be in the biggest hurry, but it, it feels like to me I, I've I've seen a lot of these. Uh, it it might just be when this is over. Much to do about not nothing, but but a small something. You know, like I said, there's a process for all of this, and um, let's see what the ethics committee comes up with and, and and move move on at that point. 
Representative Curtis Gregory, the man that's made it possible for Luther Burden to catch all those passes on Saturday. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> Thank you so much. Go Mizzou. I love it. We will be right back. We're breaking the morning bell with Stephanie Bell. I always love the, just a little bit of twist that the Ashland City Councilwoman brings. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. This is Mid-Missouri's number one rated morning show. Uh, you might want to fact check that. All right. It's time for the morning bell. We're looking at our futures this morning. Uh, they're all in matching your Blair Oaks shirt today. They're all in the green. I like um, one shade a lot more than the other. <laughs> just <laughs> just slightly up. So uh, it looks good as the market prepares to open. Um, we're going to keep the morning bell local today. There's a big event happening uh, in Columbia in mid-Missouri um, and it's getting some coverage. But I want to go and so I've been, uh, there's people who've flown in from all over and I've had the opportunity um, to meet lots of folks and we were talking to Representative Gregory about the impact of the university. He said you know, I think enrollment is going to go up next year. I happen to agree with him, but the number of people um, who are doing just incredible things right here in Midmo that I've met, um, people that I hadn't formally really been in touch with in Columbia, and they t- I've been hearing their stories. You know, how'd you get into business? How'd you end up in Columbia? How'd you make this home? And so many of them are from somewhere else, and they said, you know, I first came to Columbia to go to Mizzou, you know, to go to the J School, to do this, and I, you know, I, I enjoyed Columbia as a student and you know what I never left and I decided to make this my home and so you know not only I and so when we talk about you know the good things that Mizzou's doing and Scott you know how you know they're the whole perception of the university has changed. I think, you know, we have to recognize the impact on the community itself of that university. And so that's been really exciting. So on the Main Street front, um, we've got uh, a business in town, Permanent Equity, led by uh, Brent Bishore, and they've been doing um, ca- a, another event, Capital Camp, but that's more for like really serious, I think, investors and people in like private equity. This event was all for um, small and medium sized businesses. They, they're calling it the Main Street Summit, and it is the quality of the production. I mean, Scott, you do TV and events, and, you know, it is incredible what they're doing. I was super impressed uh, yesterday. They had, uh, they were uh, in the Missouri Theater, and they opened the show. They had a live band on stage kind of doing the intro and outro music. It was incredible. Um, They're doing some really great stuff on social media. You'll see video up from the event, but also it's been so fun because not only have I reconnected with some folks right here in mid-Missouri, some business owners, um, I have met so many people people from all over the country and not only are they saying I've never been to Columbia Missouri before um, they'll they're saying I haven't even been in Missouri before and they're super impressed and so they're using all sorts of places around downtown they're using the blue note the Missouri theater um, you've got or you've got uh, some of the art studios as kind of these conference breakout sessions so it's just it's a really uh, fun way to show off mid-Missouri and I think I think they want to make it an annual event and I'm hoping I'm really hoping they do what an awesome thing to do here in mid-Missouri. I mean, the vision it takes or something like that. I, I guarantee, that's the kind of thing to me that when, I bet you when, when Brent brought that up, everybody's like, oh, that won't work, that won't work. And it just takes one person to say, no, no, no we're going to make this work. And I've heard nothing but rave reviews 
from the, just the quality of the experience. Because, I mean, you, the worst thing you could do is bring somebody that never been to Columbia and put on a C-level experience. But the airport now is is as nice as any comparable city you're going to find. Mizzou's fun time and, and trending the right way. And then bringing folks downtown. It, I love people with a vision like that. And out of his vision, I mean, it, you have these, these major players coming. You wonder how many things are going to expand out of that. Oh, yeah. And so it's really connecting people who operate businesses, people who invest in businesses, people who want to operate and, and entrepreneurs. And I think making those connections and making those friendships and highlighting that, you know, Missouri is full of interesting entrepreneurial people as well. Um, and some, you know, some we've had some really big success stories out of Mizzou. And there are people um, I met some folks from the university uh, who are and, and not just Mizzou, but there are other people who run entrepreneurship programs. And they're here saying, yeah, we do a lot lot for entrepreneurs here um, with the university with students and yeah there are I've met um, there were students I think they came over from actually from Manhattan Kansas just to come to this conference and learn about you know what it's like to run and own and invest in small and, and medium-sized businesses and I just it's just an incredible event and I, I'm really I've been really pleased to like participate and just be able to say yeah where we live is really cool and worthy of your trip from yeah. North Carolina or California and we'd be glad to have you back how can we you know how can you invest in Missouri I've always thought that is one thing we don't do enough of I think there's a it, sometimes our Midwestern kind of humble nature has an almost an inferiority complex that sets us back I always thought there's a there's a part of us that aren't we don't have the swagger that I think we actually earn uh, here at Bid Bazura because we're naturally Midwesterners. We're a little more humble and, and that swagger's warranted. Yeah, we need to go from like the show me state to the show off state. We need to not be scared about showing <laughs> off good. our state because we've got a lot to we've got a lot to show. And, Put and, that on a t shirt. And how awesome would it be for John Marsh to be able to follow up on this on this event and see how many business licenses and, and building permits come from this incredible opportunity. Yep. I, I'm excited, and I hope they do it every year. So hope if we get some dates out, we'll let you know so you can mark your calendar. Well, that's neat. And, and uh, it's online, right? They're putting some of this stuff online so folks can see it. Yeah, they've got great social media. Their website's like MainStreetSummit.com, so check that out. And then, yeah, they've got stuff on Twitter and Facebook. It's I really exciting. That. I love that vision. I like to show, not just show me, but show off. I dig it. <laughs> This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri, featuring your mom. And so the fact of the matter is, I mean, Chris, I'm going to use this time, because this is actually about you and the media and the corrupt media establishment. Ask you the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that you pushed on this network for years. Was that real, or was that Hillary Clinton made up disinformation? Answer the question. Go. I'll go. I think the que the real question here is: you should just stop having these debates. Let Let's do a little prediction, a little uh, opinion poll here. Hannah, should they even have a debate? Does it even matter? Is this I a waste of time? I think until you're down to maybe two candidates or so, they are a waste of time. All right, a waste of time uh, for me. Waste seventies. This is a waste of time. No, I like to see it. John, is this Stephanie a waste just of likes time? The drama. Well, it's, with me, you know, from the, from the news standpoint, Scott, it's like you know, I don't have any choice but to watch them, <laughs> and I might have might even admit to dialing back and forth 
gets the country music awards a little <gasps> bit. But yeah, John. yeah, I think Jelly Roll won the debate. If anybody did, but <laughs> oh man, it wasn't that awesome. <laughs> that was so great. I it, love him. I mean, Jelly Roll should say, "I'm now announcing my candidacy for president." <laughs> and all right, so who, Hannah? I don't know if you even watched the debate, but if you didn't, I'm even more interested. Who won the debate? I don't think there was a winner. To be honest. Uh, I like Nikki Haley. I just think anytime she's on TV, I think she handles herself well. When I think of who could be a president, I think, okay, she could be president. Who won that debate? Yeah, Nikki Haley. She's my fave. John, who'd you like the best? Well, Nikki and her, your just scum comment was kind of entertaining. Yeah, that guy just said, I don't trust skinny people, and he's too skinny. <laughs> and I I also just think he's kind of a know-it-all, just weaselly. I'm just, I'm just, to be honest with you, just not. A, I've never been a fan, and I'm not a fan now. I've I, seen a theory on Twitter this morning. And it's that if Trump starts to publicly attack Ramaswamy in the next couple of days, then, you know, he's going to push him out. But if Trump doesn't say anything in the next couple of days, Vivek might be looking like a VP candidate for DJT. I don't know. He had some bad moves yesterday. And I he think did. the worst one was um, he brought up Nikki Haley's daughter. Yeah. And he said, you know, if she's going to talk about TikTok, then she needs to check her daughter because her daughter's on TikTok. And I think that's just, I mean, I don't, I don't, hundred percent mind the personal takes don't talk about people's kids yeah it, i think but that also fits him he just seems like a sleazy just say whatever at the time you to, to win type of guy i also don't think he means any of the stuff he says <laughs> the one thing about trump i liked except on abortion or something i think what he said something's like well if you were going to be phony you wouldn't act like that right right what do what, you think one brian um I don't know if I have a. I thought Tim Scott really performed well, but I'll tell you for for I, I really do. But I think for the base, the line to me was Vivek Ramaswamy turning his attention to Lester Holt and to Kristen Welker and saying that Republican the Democrats would never have Greg, Greg Gutfeld host their debate, and he really let Kristen Welker have it on, on the air on live television last night. I don't He's, think Kristen Welker is a particularly biased journalist. I I, I don't either, but if he said she was promoting the and I don't I've seen I've seen some of her stories, but she she's pretty fair on Meet the Press. I think overall, yeah. I mean, I've really been, but he said she was promoting that Russian hoax and. Uh, uh, they all it, were, it, and, and he was, was he was really upset about that. But his big thing is, I, I think for Republicans, he said McDaniel's been a failure; that they've lost all these elections, and more or less said she's got to go. Brian, who do you think's failed? Is it this random person that no real person's ever heard of, or Donald Trump, the head of the party, has lost a, his party that he's the head of, has lost a bunch of elections? I don't know, Scott. In Britain, I, I think they yeah, sack you for yeah, that. Yeah, we are yeah. we are getting word this morning, though, on the fourth debate. So as much as you say it doesn't matter, they're already planning for the next That's one. True. And it looks like Megyn Kelly is going to host. And wow. I, I'm a big fan of her. So Trump won't be at that. <laughs> no, he won't. He won't. I think if, if Vivek Ramaswamy was the Republican nominee for president, I just saw some polling that shows Crystal Quaid versus Mike Kehoe, 33-38, Vince J. Ashcroft, 34-39. He gets Bill Igles. She's up by a point, 34-33. I don't know that I trust any of that uh, particularly right now. But if Vivek Ramaswamy is the Republican nominee, I absolutely think that that races, a a race where a person like Crystal Quaid is decidedly the underdog. And I, I don't know that I take any of these numbers all that seriously. I think that changes the whole dynamic. And all of a sudden, she has a shot here. It goes from a 10% shot to a 25% shot, but it's real. I think he won't play in Missouri. I think it's phony. I was disappointed mm. that they spent so much time on trying to call TikTok the boogeyman. 
Republicans need to find a different thing to stress out about because I don't think that they're winning any points with their younger younger potential voters by talking about banning TikTok. Well, I'm well, still a fan of MySpace. So and they, they, oh, what they were basically sa- what they're basically saying is that it's spyware in the Chinese government. I mean, you know that 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 is what they were saying. You believe that? But, Brian. So is everything I, else you on know, the internet. It, it's the, some of those hearings that it, you know it depends on who you listen to it at the hearings. I'm fascinated by whether those polls are accurate or not that you just cited with Leader Quaid. You know, if she is the nominee, and I, you know, although there's a couple other Democrats running, Eric Morrison apparently is going to throw his hat in the ring too. You know, Scott, she, she always she speaks Talented. to you, and she spoke to me. My audience at Missouri Net was primarily white, rural Republican voters, older. She always spoke to me. I mean, she was speaking to me, but she was actually speaking to the listeners. She definitely is available to do interviews, and uh, I wouldn't take her for granted, but I, you know, she's going to have to cut into those rural margins. She's going to have to cut into... Unless the Republicans cut into them for her. Well, that's, that could be... Yeah. And I, I tell you, they, I mean, it's an interesting thing. I, I watched the elections this week. Um, Ohio, it's so, it's so interesting to, to draw an analogy to Missouri. Mm-hmm. Ohio started off their pro-choice community with a very small change to the to the total ban on abortion, and it passed. And everybody was like, "Oh my God!" They come back Tuesday and put it in the Constitution. You have a right to an abortion now in Ohio in the Constitution. That's pretty radical. That I tell you, the difference would be: I thought if if the pro-choice community in Missouri followed Ohio's lead the first time, they would win by a significant margin. I thought if they tried to put the right to abortion in the Constitution, that might lose. Ohio was a, is, a, is a lot of similarities to Missouri. Very, and very I, much. I tell you, it passed by, what, eight, nine points? And Ohio is a state that has generally gone for Republican. I mean, you know, President Trump carried Ohio. Um, it's it's crucial to Republican success. If a Republican's going to win the White House, he or she, no ha- ha- they have to win Ohio. I mean, I think historically we've, we've seen that. Um, and, you know, I'll give you one example. If George, H., George W. Bush in 2004 did not win Ohio, John Kerry would have been the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. We may not have ever had Barack Obama because John Kerry would have. If he had won Ohio, he would have been the president. And people forget that. That's how critical that state is. And it was really, really close. And as I recall, they had ballot issues there. I don't. I think on both sides. But uh, but Ohio's huge. I just am fascinated by um, by the this race, and um, and and we'll see what happens. But Republicans should be up hypothetically. They should be up by twenty twenty five points. I would think in, in a in outstate Missouri, they don't. They just there's there's not one Democrat left outside of Springfield and Columbia, and really those are more those are more um, suburban seats than they are rural. Stephanie, I, I I think if you look at this, Donald Trump's position on abortion is not what the Missouri General Assembly's position. Oh, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. It is far more moderate, and I think probably far more in lockstep with the people of Missouri than the legislature's position. I mean, what what was it Clinton that said safe? Legal and rare. Yeah, I think that's where Trump is, and I actually think that's where the people are. Um, but again, if I'm the radical people here in Missouri with those ballot measures, because we got a whole bunch of ballot measures floating out there, we've got some moderate ones saying, hey, we're going to keep the ban, but we're going to do some exceptions, and then we have some, you know, 
really, really horrific radical measures. But if I'm them and I'm watching Ohio, if Ohio would have been closer or if, you know, would have gone the other way, I would say, okay, we've got to get behind this moderate one because we're not going to get this crazy radical proposal. I see Ohio and I am fundraising and I'm going to put the crazy one on the ballot because I think it might pass, right? I I think there's folks that were not willing to fund the more moderate one to the extent they were the more extreme one. But if you're in Ohio and you're in that room, if you're in a a, a pro-choice room, and you're deciding which way we're going to go here, I would say the Ohio results give the folks that want the more radical provision a really good common sense thing. And I, they could say, no, it's not radical. It's what the majority of Ohio wants. It's not like it's the majority of what Illinois wants Mm-mm, or California. Different. This is the majority of what Ohio wants. I think it's an interesting time. I, I, I think the worst thing in politics that for any cause is to get what you want. You remember when medical malpractice was an yeah. issue? You couldn't have shot a BB gun through the rotunda and not hit a doctor. That's right. Now you can't find one. Even be do- they have doctor of the week now, not even doctor of the day. Yeah. Back in the day, they could still carry. You had everybody in the world up there. Now, nobody. And I'm not sure with abortion, it, when you get what you want, it, it loses steam. That's a Valid very interesting point. point. Very, I, mean, I remember the doctrine malpractice and uh, uh, tort reform, and Richard Byrd was a state representative yeah. at the time. I mean, the um, Scott, it's so interesting because we are a, a long way out, but the... Um, I definitely, the one thing you and I have both learned is not to underestimate Crystal Quaid. I mean, she is, she's very talented and uh, very bright. Um, Reminds me of Jay Nixon. He took a, he took a couple of statewide races, especially one when he was a state senator. That's right. But he had no chance to win Mm -hmm. and he got creamed. But boy, over time, that Jeremiah W.J. Nixon, he got a handful of votes. Matter of fact, he's got the most votes in the history of this state. He ran a statewide race that nobody thought he could. He didn't win, but he sure set a groundwork for him to win several more after that. That was 1988. He challenged Jack Danforth. It got smoked. It got smoked a Republican year, and Danforth was considered at that time by Democrats to be an extremist. If you remember, <laughs> yeah. he's an extremist, and you know, and now the Republicans basically have disavowed him. Uh, that's how different things well, have changed. I, but I have to that break. Ivy League Yale connection. That's what well, it is. I say. I've not really met many Ivy Leaguers. I got time for, but I have an idea on how to settle the debate over the state's name it's been it's been boiling back and forth Stephanie after the break I think I have a proposal for you you say the state incorrectly as the city person would or somebody that spends their weekends in Washington DC <laughs> I say it as a good rule Missouri boy would I think after we come back I've got the proposal to settle this once and for all we'll see if you would put your sounds, money sounds where your mispronunciating mouth is <laughs> This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Miss some of the show? Check out our podcast at 939theeagle.com. Here's a big old serving of leftovers. Enjoy. All right, so we've had this debate in this state for as long as there's been a state. <laughs> the very erudite elitist mispronounced the state's name, St. Louis, Kansas City, I guess Columbian, one person in Ashland, uh, mis- uh, mistakenly <laughs> say Missouri, uh, real Missourians say Missouri. Uh, I have a proposal, Stephanie. <laughs> well, I think there's a great way to solve this. We have to be careful because we had Mark Ellinger on the show yesterday, and we got some legitimately angry Voice. people. Yeah, voicemails. Well, look, Mark speaks truth to power, and it probably does anger them. But Mark <laughs> is right. He's the John the Baptist of this conversation. He's the forerunner. Simply, I have a proposal for you. Okay. Um, 
you're a Southern Boone person, correct? Correct. I uh, I have children at Blair Oaks. I think the way to solve this is you take your very you know elitist, erudite Ashland Boone County folks. The Blair Oaks people, I believe it's their turn to come up and beat Southern Boone in Ashland. I think just the winner of the game, if Blair Oaks wins, you pronounce the state right. If if Ashland <laughs> wins, I'll try to start messing it up. I mean, how about a deal right here? Just let's, let's solve this. All right. This. Yes. Uh, I like it. Coach LePage, a lot's riding on you. Uh, no pressure. <laughs> We ha- um, we were we were in it to win it until halftime, and I think on our home turf we we are on our way up, and it's time that we take. What does down a participation trophy look like? I don't. <laughs> I've never seen one personally. I don't think Coach LePage collects participation trophies. Well, it's, it's all right, Steph. The Pintos lost in spectacular fashion earlier this season as well to the Falcons. It's well, frustrating. Uh, it I was. Could- a, I, I believe it was sixty-nine to nothing. Well, uh, <laughs> it was pretty bad. Well, at least you got to see him play. I mean, that's nice. I mean, you got to see Coach Page do his work. I think that's the way to do this. John, you got any leftovers for us? Uh, how about uh, hashtag uh, TBT on a throwback Thursday? Two words for you. Cedar City to the long time mm-hmm. south of the river, folks. Maintenance begins today on the wastewater treatment plant in North Jefferson City, and they say for three weeks... Guess what? Some throwback odor issues. If anybody oh. remembers trying to sit through a movie at the Bridge Drive-In Movie Theater back in the day when the sewage treatment plant wasn't as nearly efficient as it is today. Hey, I got to say, speaking of, I gotta, speaking of Ashland, I have a shout out to Ashland. The, we went and watched Hocus Pocus, me and Millie and Gussie, oh. at the drive-in theater. It was cold as it could be. It could not have been more fun. The popcorn machine at that drive-in theater is the best thing I've ever seen. It, it is an innovation in popcorn machines like no other. That Ashland drive-in is just 10 on 10. I, I just knocked down impressed by it. Lakeside Ashland, it has been so wonderful. We watched E.T. there last year. It was super fun. I've been to several events there. And yes, it is doing great things for all of Mid-Missouri. So thank and shout out to Nick Parks. Well, and to to piggyback off of what John said about sewer lines, uh, we sometimes talk about how when you work in a radio station, there's just weird stuff laying around. Yeah, you never really know what you're going to find. Uh, this morning, there was this little green like construction flag on my chair, <laughs> <laughs> and it says "Caution: Buried Sewer Line." So if you're watching us on YouTube or Facebook... And you got to put that picture online. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about. It was just sitting on the chair. So I don't know what Brian Hansen was doing yesterday afternoon on the Randy Tobler show. Uh, but I I have questions. And I want to know where the buried sewer line in the studio Well, it was is. on the seat, wasn't it? I mean, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Some things are self-explanatory. <laughs> I have some leftovers. John, uh, your stuff about Cedar City reminded me, and Scott, you've been saying, you know, admitting that you were wrong, and I have to admit, I think that I was wrong, because for years and years, they talked about doing that Adrian's Island project and putting the bridge over the train tracks out to that little piece of property, and you know what? It is cool. I really, I was like, do we really need that? And they're doing a lot of work down there right now. They've got like a pavilion, there's bathrooms, they put in some a a really cool-looking Missouri, um, you know, I'm all about the Instagram. There's some really great picture opportunities down there. I bet it's been photographed many times. Yeah, but I, I do. I, I will eat my words there because I was kind of like, I don't think we really need this. It's, it is neat. And for folks coming yeah, to the whatever. capital it's city, nice, yeah. Oh, come on. I think it's a nice thing. Sure, I like it. I mean, it's, um, it is a nice thing. I, I think it, it's well done. Um, I think Edie's Edie Vogel's Island is nice, and uh, 
I walk down there every so often myself. Uh, now, I mean, it's not a convention center that has actual practical use for this city, the state, and the region. But, I mean, that little island's nice. Oh, so yeah. you're not adding it to uh, Scott's suck list? Uh, I do like Adrian's Island better than East Coast people, skinny people, uh, people that mispronounce the state. Ivy Leaguers. Ivy, oh, Ivy Leaguers. Oh, God. <laughs> Actually, John Doolittle of the Hospital Association, he went to Harvard. He's an all right guy. He's proved my... He's kind of broke the streak of every single person I ever met from the Ivy League being just awful. Senator uh, Hawley being one of them. Like I said, uh, John Doolittle <laughs> of the Hospital Association. No, Senator Hawley's a fine guy. Smart dude. Uh, but I do we'll like never Doolittle. come on our show, but whatever. Uh, I mean, I think that shade's appropriately dropped. I, I don't, I don't, I, I think you were aiming and you hit. Yeah. Uh, I do think so. I want to thank all of you. This has been a great time. I really appreciate you letting me come in. I, I apologize to all the listeners who probably have a morning routine that's probably been ruined this morning, but thank you for having me in. I had a great time. Thanks, Scott.